Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. We want to welcome you to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. This is Alan Arnold, and with me today is Stacy Eldridge. And normally, you might hear John and Craig regularly here, but we wanted to offer you something unique and refreshing today. So, Stacy, it's a joy to have you here in the studio. So glad to be here, Alan. Thanks. I posted a question to women asking them, what subjects would you like to have talked about if I were to do a podcast? Well, in about 15 minutes, I think I got over 50 responses. And actually, they would break your heart. They're just real. They're just true. The things that women all over the world are wondering about, needing help with, curious, pressing in for, needing. And they all share one thing. They all have a relational core to them. All these things that we struggle with or question or are wondering about as women all flow out of the way that we uniquely bear the image of God in our relational capacity. It's the place where we have the most glory, and it is the place where we are most deeply wounded. So let's talk about that. There were a number of um, poignant and important things that women have raised to be talked about. So certainly can't do that all today, but let me just do an overview and remind you of a truth that will help to carry us all through. Whatever today faces, whatever season we're in, whatever circumstances are, I want to remind you, your heart is central. Your heart is the heart of the matter. And caring for your own heart is of the utmost importance. Just reminding you again of Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows the wellspring of life within you. The secret to living this life that we so long to live, the answers to those secrets are going to be found in your heart. We want to be women who live with authenticity. We want to be true. We want our yes to be yes, our no to be no. We don't want to leave people wondering what we really think or feel. We want to act in love and live with intention. And that begins with ourselves. So the truth is, I've said it before and I'll say it again. And I even have to say it to myself because I forget. The way we treat our own heart is the way we will treat everyone else's. It's simply true. And as women, as women in particular, the last person on our list to care for is usually ourselves. If others are sick, we tend to them. If other people are feeling something, we want to take care of them. Somebody needs a meal, a child is crying, they're lonely, we go. And we live at such a fast pace that we may not even know how our heart is doing. We can ignore it. And then it raises its head and can feel like a clamoring, needy thing that we just need to slam behind a door because we have things to do, people to take care of. But it won't work for long because the way we treat our hearts is the way we treat other people's. So 
if we are ignoring our heart, if we are requiring a standard of excellence from ourselves, we will require it of others. If we're being harsh on our own hearts, it does leak out. Recently, I know that this is both men and women, right, Alan? This isn't... Yes, yes. Yeah. Recently, uh, John revealed to me a way that he was experiencing me as kind of um, prickly, irritable. And it wasn't a time of the month or anything. It was, <laughs> it was leaking out all over the place. And we explored it, kind of what's going on. And, and what was going on for me was and is and has been this little area of self-judgment that feels so valid that I kind of entertained it. You know, just just a little pocket of it. I know I'm supposed to forgive myself and love myself yes. and treat others that way as well. Well, this was true. This was bad. This deserves judging. And I kind of tried to close the door on it while I entertained just a wee bit of self-hatred over the areas that I'm so sick and tired of being a failure in. And I had to repent of it. I had to repent of it. Here's the thing. The secret to all of this life that we long to live, to have the relationships that we long to have, to be able to be disappointed, to be able even to be betrayed and have it not kill us, is remaining in the love of God, actually hiding in it, believing it, marinating in it, trusting it. So this truth that... I am loved even when I'm blowing it, even when I'm failing, even when it's a historic place of failing. I'm loved. That is not the sentence over my life. I'm loved. Okay, I know it sounds simple and and simplistic, and I can't just say it 10,000 times to have it pierced into your heart, gals who are listening, but I pray for revelation because you need to know it, that these pockets where we beat ourselves up over where this place we're not lovable or holding on to this place of unforgiveness or offense is justified does not bring us the life we want. It just doesn't. So, Stacy, if you find yourself with a loss of heart, how do you best pursue your heart? If you're to guard it and it's the wellspring of life, how is the best way to pursue your heart when you just feel disheartened? It's such a good question because we all are there. We all get there. And when we're in that place, rising up and fighting for your own heart, ah, it's practically impossible. So that's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why we get to pray, even if it's on the floor. Even if you've been doing this for it feels like years, you get to do it again. You want to love yourself the way you want to be loved, and the way you want to love others. And so you get to be like David in the Psalms and cry out, Jesus, come into this. Jesus, help me here. Please come into this place. I need you, and I need truth in my inmost being. A lot of the questions, Alan, came about um, how to live an authentic life, how to live with intention. Yes. And that requires that we live with intention in pursuing our own life with God. So it's a choice. And something I do, Alan, and we've said it a 
thousand times is beginning each day, either it's on your knees or on the floor or it's on a walk, but in prayer, inviting Jesus not only into your day, but bringing yourself back into the truth of the reality that we are living in. We're living in a larger story. We are yes. living in a world at war. Yes. It's not just us. It's the reality that we're living in. So the daily prayer that's on the Ransom Heart website, essential or some form of it where we choose by faith to align ourselves with the truth, whether it feels like it or not. And it's really best to do it out loud. Yes. And Stacy, what's helped me a lot recently, I've just started doing this, but every morning before my feet even touch the floor, I just will say, laying there in bed, God, what do you have for me today? Father, what do you have for me today? And setting my heart to expectancy. Oh, that's good. Even before the daily prayer, even before I've thought about all the things that have to happen that day. It's just that moment of expectancy. And that tends for me to set the course of the whole day Yeah. rather than the moment you wake up going, oh, wow, I've got so many things to do today. And the pressures come in and the stress and the worry to not do that, not go there, but go to expectancy. And so that expectancy, Alan, that's birthed out of a heart that believes God loves you. Yes. Yes. And that he's got good things for you. Yes. And that so that's the core is choosing to believe that, act on it, which doesn't mean feel it, but act on it. Yes. And then also to be aware of the difference between the words expectation and expectant of good. Yes. But expectations that the day is going to go perfectly. <laughs> okay, we can pretty much know that's not going right. to happen. Right. But yet to choose by faith to believe that God has good stuff for you in it, even if it's knowing that he's with you in it, which is actually the best thing. Well, and it changes the day from a sense of a burden to a sense of adventure, because all of a sudden with that expectancy, it's a childlike posture, I think, rather than you trying to control the day or you trying to just grit your teeth and get through the day. Right. Right. And I'm I'm hearing that thoughts going in through women's heads right now going, yeah, but what about the part I have to play? Like, sure, good things are coming, but and I don't want to be striving, but I still have to work. I still have to try. Right. And that's and especially in different seasons of life, I think that really feels like mission impossible sometimes because you want to be expectant, but You've got a hundred things that feel like it's all up to you that day to make happen. So in those situations, how does you know your your verse you started with guard your heart? That feels like it's also saying nurture your heart or protect your heart, but how do you do that when that sense comes to you as a woman of, ah, I've got it all to do? Oh, let's just choose to fail. <laughs> I mean really. I have so much to do today. And the stack of bills I keep passing it by. Like they're turning pink now. I know that things are going to start being turned off. And and there's so many thank you notes that I need to write and I just haven't. And uh, There's a million things that, that need to happen. So I am not going to do it perfectly. I'm not going to do it well. I'm going to disappoint some folks. But I'm going to give myself permission to not be perfect and to lean in on God. There's this collapsing posture, this surrendering, this giving up. 
that actually needs to happen for the life to fill me, for the life of God to fill me. If I'm clinging and trying, and it doesn't go so well. Ooh, I have a verse. This is yes. such a good verse. This is Jonah 2.8 because it applies all over the place. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Mm. Mm. I'm going to do that one again because it just can blow your mind. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. So a worthless mm. idol could be doing it perfectly, not getting a late notice, not disappointing a friend, coming through for everyone, not getting off the diet. It could be anything. The only thing and only person we really want to cling to is Jesus and to ask him for his help. So let's go back just to, to living authentically, caring for your own heart. Caring for your own heart. So it means checking in. Like in this moment, are you irritated? Are you tired? Are you mad? Are you disappointed? Are you lonely? Are you suffering? Are you really hurting? What is going on in your heart? Like what? And what are you thinking there? What are you believing? You can't ignore it. You can't ignore your emotions or what the things that you're allowing yourself to believe, you have to pay attention to the thoughts that are going through your head, what you're feeling, and invite Jesus in there. To be true, it begins with you, being true with yourself, not lying to yourself. Like, you know, you don't have to do it perfectly, because I know somebody who did and who does and who offers us his life. Yes, we have choices to make. Because he asks us to partner with him in bringing forth his kingdom to the world. And again, it starts with you. If I don't love myself very well, I will not love other people very well. It just, yes. right? It just matters. And so we have to even pay attention to what we're doing and um, where we're marinating our thoughts. Is it in truth? Is it in what God says in his word? Just pondering it, thinking in it, when you're standing in the grocery line and the person in front of you is taking forever. Like, where are your thoughts going? Choose to take that opportunity to remember Scripture. Or, or where are we soothing ourselves? Well, Stacy, sometimes, I know for me, it's a checklist mentality I can get into sometimes, a productivity of my day feels better the more I get done the more I check off the list. And there's a real freedom in just saying, I've kind of come to the end of myself and going, I can't have it all, no matter what the world says. I can't do it all. I can't stay on top of everything. And to choose this freedom of living a wildly unbalanced life. You know, the world keeps trying to help you think you can do it all if you just balance it somehow. And I think to get to the point you were saying earlier where it's like, okay, there's a lot of bills there. Things are stacking up in this area, but you know what? I'm really focusing my best on the things that really matter eternally, that matter in the kingdom. And when you can go to that place, which is hard to do, but when you go there, there is a freedom of knowing I'm really focusing on what matters. And it's not a balanced life. It's really unbalanced. It's just unbalanced for what matters most. I love that. Wildly unbalanced. <laughs> And yes, I am going to pay my bills. Yes. 
So that there are things that we need to do. We do need to go to the grocery store. I'm saying you need to align yourself in the Word of God every day. You need to pray the daily prayer or something like it. Remind yourself. But here's the thing that Alan is saying as well is ultimately it's not up to us. We have a Savior, and he is here for us. We have the Holy Spirit. He's our counselor. He's our strength. He's our guide. He'll help us navigate these crazy terrains of relationships and how do I handle my mother when she's demeaning to me? How do I respond to this friend who I know is talking behind my back? How do I love my toddler or my teenager when they're driving me crazy? Like, there aren't enough books in the world for every situation. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. You know, Christ in me, help me. Stacy. will you share that story that you told recently about being at the funeral of a friend's son and just that message that came through about the things that do matter and the things that don't really matter, like that seemed to make a big impression on you. Oh, it did. It's a dear friend of mine's son who uh, wasn't sick, wasn't ill. Well, actually he was, but nobody knew it. And he was 24 years old and he just didn't wake up one morning. So I was able to go be with the family and they live back east and had the honor of being at his memorial service and... um as a mother of a 24-year-old as well, our sons are less than two weeks apart, especially poignant. My heart breaking for my friend and also living with the reality like it could be anyone, could be me. And what I was struck with at his service was the words that were spoken over him and about him. You know, nothing was shared about how early he was potty trained Nothing about how quickly he would obey to go to timeouts, how he shared toys or went to bed on time. Not a word about his grades. Nothing about his degrees or his promotions or uh, the things that the world would say mattered or that we get caught up in thinking that matters. But there was so much shared about how he lived from his heart about how he made people feel when he was with them, about his sense of humor and his joy and the power of his imperfect, messy, love-filled life. The thing that mattered was his heart and how he loved people. Did he do it perfectly? No. He was only 24. He was on the road. Did he keep his room really neat? No. Did he always call his mother on a weekly basis? No, he didn't. But when he did... You know, he loved, he loved, and that's what matters. It was encouraging for um, me as a mother and for other parents to go, gosh, I can focus on the wrong things. And it's not like they don't need focusing on. You want to teach your children to not interrupt. It's important that they pick up their room. And on our own lives, we want to pay our bills on time. We want to be people of integrity that show up to work when we say we're going to. There are things that we want to do as a responsible human being, but we need love. That First Corinthians 13 thing, yes. that's everything. How to be known as a person who loves. You can be amazing. You can move mountains. You can speak and dead people rise to life. But if you don't love, then you're nothing. 
and it begins with you. Jesus says that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. And you will. You will, actually. If you don't love yourself, you're going to have a hard time loving your neighbor. The invitation is actually for you right now to live in the center of God's grace, not clinging to a worthless idol of perfection or looking good or getting in every fabulous idea that you have, but to cling to Jesus and to have his grace for your life and over your life. He says, I love you right now. He says, I see you. You're not alone. I'm with you. He understands betrayal. He understands disappointment. And he understands being offended. And he's saying, give it all to me, dear one. Even in this moment, just invite me into the pain and receive my love. Let's do this thing together. That's so good, Stacy. So good. And we just want to thank you for listening today to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. You've been listening to Stacy Eldridge, whose book, Becoming Myself, has so much to say about the heart. And if you have not read that yet, I would invite you to check that out, as well as other material about freedom and about your heart at ransomedheart.com. And we look forward to talking again next week. Thanks, Stacy. Thank you, Alan.